Jamie. And I'm Portia. We are Just Two Pearls. Join us for Adventures in Pearls. Along the Way by Shari L. Muck. Walking through my life hurriedly, I saw thoughts flash by. And in my rush to end my day, I went right by a gift for me. Only in my bed did I realize that thing was a blessing in the road. I wanted it, so I hoped. I could go back and get it, but the next day, when I went to see it, there was a man standing, smiling because he got the blessing meant for me. I decided to slow down for a week to see what I might find along my path to bless me. I walked slowly, more deliberately, acknowledging people along the way feeling the breeze, watching the blowing leaves. And at the close of the week, there was nothing I could find along my path. That was a gift to me. I sniffed the last flower and picked up the pace. All right with having missed my gift, after I was back to my schedule for a month or so, I looked back at that week. I searched my path for a blessing and found not one thing. I reflected on how nice that week was never minding. And the last of the reflection came with tears. The peace pace I touched that week, almost as though someone else received it, was the stuff that was my treasure. Thus ends the reading, and that is in the book, Addicted to Hurry, Spiritual Strategies for Slowing Down. Awesome. So I do have an adventure to share, which will lead to a question that I want Portia to answer. Okay. So over the summer, I was talking to my friend, Paulette, and she was complaining because her husband was in the store with her, and he was referring to, you know, some of the young people who worked in the store, um, you know, to try to get their attention. And so he was calling the men in the store, sir, 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 you know, all of that. And with the women, he kept saying something like, excuse me, miss, excuse me, miss, excuse me, miss. And so she wanted to figure out from me what you're, well, that's not true. First, she critiqued him um, because she didn't like the way that he was going about trying to get people's attention in a store. Um, but then she was asking me basically what is the way that I think that we should approach, especially women in public, and how should we refer to them, mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. She has a really good question. I hear women talk about this a lot. So we're going to talk about it right quick. Um, but what I also thought was funny about it is I'm like, you know, why was he running around the store talking about, excuse me, sir, multiple times? I'm like, you know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> I was also like, I'm also just confused like he must have needed a lot of help in that store or something <laughs> like, oh. usually I don't need to get the employees attention that much or they're standing right next to me and I'm like excuse me and I ask my question and then we move along so anyway so I thought that was really interesting um and what brought this to mind again for me because of course it's been since the summer that she and I had that conversation was that I was coming back from your birthday party mm -hmm. in March and um I got onto the train to go home and you remember I was wearing a very cute outfit um, leggings and high heels and my feet were hurting and so I got onto the train and a lot of people I guess were trying to get back to Connecticut that night and so the train was like really full when I got on in Harlem 
And so I was just like, okay, I'll just stand until some of the seats clear out. In my head, of course, I said this. <laughs> and so I hear this man saying to me, miss, miss, and I'm saying that I could sit next to him. And so I behaved myself accordingly. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, as all overly intellectual people do on the train on Friday night when they're tired and their feet hurt, I started thinking about, well, how should we refer to women in public? Because I was like, I'm not offended by him calling me miss. I actually thought that was nice. Um, and then it reminded me of the conversation with Paulette. And I was like, this is really deep. How are people supposed to be talking to me? Right. Mm. Um, and I know a lot of people think once they're being called ma'am, that means that they must start, they must have started looking old. But I'm like, sometimes people call me ma'am and I don't think they're doing that because I look old. I think they just think that that's the proper way to refer to me. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, of course, sometimes, you know, you go into a restaurant or something and I don't know, I don't think it has anything to do with my age, but people will say things like, sweetie, honey, sweetheart, mm. um, which to me feels very different if I'm south of Fredericksburg, Virginia. It feels very cultural. But when I'm north of Fredericksburg, Virginia, really annoys me. Um, or people will call me doll, like all these pet names. And I'm like, you know what? North of the Mason-Dixon line, you don't know me. So you really shouldn't be calling me by these pet names. So I really, I'm like, I don't know what to do with, or girls, girls. Girls, can I help you girls with something? I'm sure we would get that if we went to a shoe store right now. Can we? Can I help you girls with something? I remember <laughs> when I graduated from college and my godmother and my mother and I went to a store. Obviously, they were both around 50. I was not. Um, and so I didn't mind at 21, this guy was running around saying, girls, can I help you find something? But I asked my mother after we left the store, were you okay with him being like, girls, can I help you with something? You ain't, you ain't girls. But I think she thought it was kind of like nice, you know, because I'm sure I haven't been 50 yet, but maybe she felt like, oh, like this is just like youthful and fun and I'm yeah, out with yeah. my girls or whatever. So I don't know. What, what is your take on this? So I, I find it interesting. And I think the nuances are, are, are interesting. I think it's important to just understand the context in which people are saying it, um, because Sometimes I'm deeply bothered, like when someone walks into a room and is like, hi, guys. And it's like a room full of women. Like, I'm like, why? Like, I don't understand. And I say guys a lot. So because usually I'm referring to guys um, as in men. Um, and I just I don't know. Like, it just, I just I, I sometimes I get bothered by um, if it's not like a black woman to black woman calling me, hey, girl. Then if a white man is saying um, girl, like then I'm feeling some type of way, you know? Or, yeah, right. I think we do need to be mindful of how we address women in public. Like, I think men need to be mindful of how they address women in public. I agree. Um, specifically. But then at the same time, I also think women need to also be mindful. And um, we set the standard. Extent. We do set the standard. And I think if we answer by certain names, then people will feel compelled to keep calling us that. But if we just don't answer it, it's like if I hear someone say, oh, um, so here's an example. So, like, people at the church will maybe call me um, baby girl or they may call right, me, what, yeah. uh, you know, love or sweetie. And I'm like, no, but I'm pastor Portia. Um, and that's out of familiarity. And so, but if someone who I completely do not know, no, it's pastor Williams. Um, and I think that it has nothing to do with the pastor role, but it has everything to do with, you don't know me though, you know? And I think it's, and I just, to me, it's, I don't feel that people should be calling me sweetie, honey, baby, boo, hey girl, you know, at the church. Cause it's like, I don't know you like that. But even when I go to restaurants, I'm like, I don't want to be called honey. Like I'm here as a customer. I, I don't. And either. so then I feel like it's turning me almost into an infant. Like I honey can understand is for tea. if, if, a, if a, if a, if a 
12 or under came in and you're calling them honey or sweetie, that's a little bit different to me. But I'm like, obviously nowhere close to being under 12. I like being called uh, miss. Right. To a stranger. And then sometimes even people will say babe. I don't mind ma'am. I don't mind ma'am. Right. But I feel like both of those things are an attempt at being respectful. And most other things are not. Like I said, and then I know there are cultural differences, which is what I'm, why I'm saying this, because I know like south of Fredericksburg, we do say honey. And I don't mind honey in that particular region of the country because I understand where it's coming from. But when you start moving into sweetie, baby, baby girl, <laughs> you're right. I have had people at a black church call me baby girl. And I'm like, that's too familiar. Right. And, and this was a person who I didn't know. I don't like that. I don't like it. But I don't mind another black woman referring to me as sis, though. I do appreciate Oh, yeah, that's that. great. I like being called sis by another black that's woman. That's different. Now, for a white woman. But that's not a pet name. No. It's just a term of endearment. Right. But those pet names like baby boo, honey sugar boo boo, honey boo boo. No. No. Yeah, and you're right. Between black women, <laughs> I think sis or a girl is fine. Or even if we like if we kind of know each other. It familiarly of course you can call me baby or honey like especially like if i am really a younger woman and we are but not not when i'm at work i'm not baby honey sweetie at work no i'm not and you know what and that was really funny um jamie i don't even like it in relationships either so the few that i have had i don't like it i have one name it's portia use it <laughs> i like my name okay and it took me a lot to get to the place where I love I love my name. Okay. So I want people to use it. So if you don't know me, just ask my name and I'll give it to you so you can use it. Amen. All right. <laughs> okay. So that's kind of that's kind of an adventure. How do you how do you refer to women in public? Okay. So um, but let's it's graduation season. Yes. Okay. Um, and we both graduated um five years ago now. Can you believe it? Um from women's college. Um, and so I thought it would be cool for us to kind of go back to that particular graduation, because I think it was a very special graduation, at least for me. It was amazing. Um, what, what made it so amazing? Oprah was my commencement speaker. Oh, okay. It was amazing. So uh, the baccalaureate, you know, that was a little lackluster, <laughs> the baccalaureate. But the commencement, you know, and you would think, you know, that we would have had like an awesome like preacher for baccalaureate that year, but we didn't. It was the president of ITC, and that's no shade. But I'm just like, the year before was like Emily Towns. Okay. And then the year next it was and then before that they had like Cornell West and they had like Michael Beckwith and then we get the president of ITC it's like really okay but anyway so what made commencement amazing Oprah was our commencement speaker um it she was just a joy just listening to her wisdom and as she addressed us um I remember crying at the Spelman hymn at the very end um because it was my last time singing it with all of those women in the room being dressed in our pearls and in our white dresses and our flesh tone stockings and our black um, shoes. It was just, you know, wow. Like we really made it. And so it was so emotional for me. Um, and I remember just this, just everything, like how it just, I just was so overwhelmed. Like I'm getting overwhelmed just thinking about it over again. Isn't that amazing how like sometimes like memories will make us feel things all over mm -hmm. again. And I'm having that moment even right now in the studio. I'm like, wow, like that was such a, a, a wonderful moment. Um, and it just felt like, wow, look what God has done. You know, it's just like one of those moments. So yeah, that's what made it amazing. Yeah. Um, so our commencement speaker was Melissa Harris Perry. Oh, I love her. Um, and she, in her commencement speech, 
had three points for us, like mm-hmm. a good preacher. I'm be ignorant, be silent, be thick. Mm. And I especially remember what she said about be thick, which was thin women look good in magazines. Thick women look good in history books. All right now. Um, which is a phrase that's really um, stuck with me. Um, but in terms of, you know, the rest of it, the it, be ignorant and be silent, were just a reminder almost, you know, of course she was not a preacher, so she wasn't referring to scripture and all that. Um, but it reminds me of Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything. Yeah. Um, because she was really trying to teach us about the ways, you know, the power of our womanhood. Yeah. Right. Um, like there are moments when it's powerful for us to be silent. There are moments when it's powerful for, for us either to be ignorant and to learn something or to feign ignorance for the sake of getting something that we need, right? All right now. <laughs> um, and, you know, she's a political scientist, so that makes sense. Um, but anyway, it was just, um, you're right, commencements are so amazing. And especially, I think, at women's colleges because of what it represents, the idea that women are powerful and we have knowledge and we can be prepared to go out into the world and make a difference in the world. Um, but what do you think is the significance of graduating from a women's college? Cause we both did that. So and especially in the 21st century, cause some people say, Oh, there's no longer, you know, they do this with both HBCUs and women's colleges. There's no longer a need for this. Um, what do you think is the power of it? Well, I think there's a need for both. And I think they're both powerful considering that I graduated from a women's college and an HBCU at the same time. Right. Right. So I think that for women to be in a space where they are affirmed by other women, I think is so important because unless you've gone to a women's college, it's really hard for you to understand what the camaraderie and the sisterhood is like. It's just like it's an invitation to the sisterhood. And that's why I love other women who went to women's colleges because I feel like, you know, y'all get it. Whether you went to Wellesley, whether you went to um, uh, Smith, whether you went to, uh, you know, any of the other sister schools, like I think like, or Mount Holyoke. Well, is that a sister school? Yeah, Holyoke. Yeah, Holyoke. So like, and I think about like all the other like schools and I'm just like, it just feels like we're a part of this, you know, internal sisterhood, this this space where we can see one another, affirm one another and be like, okay, yeah, because I don't think there's any spaces on earth where women can come together academically, mm-hmm. right? Academically, where they can feel empowered, where they can learn from one another across economic backgrounds, across, um, if you're, uh, you know, if your school's not HBCU, across race, across class. Like, I think there's different conversations that are able to happen without feeling like you have to dummy yourself down in the presence of a man. So I don't feel like we have to do that, but I do believe that some women do dummy themselves down, unfortunately, sometimes in the presence of a man. But I feel like women's colleges gives you the power and makes you feel empowered to speak regardless of what venue you're in. So I think they're absolutely necessary. Um, You know, I do. I think majority of women if you have the opportunity I mean I know there's not enough schools to to, for everyone to go but I definitely think if a woman has an opportunity to go to a woman's college it will professionally develop you it will mentally develop you emotionally develop you um in some cases even spiritually develop you especially academic prepare you in my uh in my experience so I think it's so important I mean I don't think women's colleges get enough credit for the women they produce. Mm-hmm. And um, it's produced a lot of great women mm-hmm. um, in politics, in law, in the church, in throughout history. 
And I, and I do believe that in this day and age, what we're going through across the board, I think more women should attend women's colleges if you feel that it's right for you. Right. I do think I, I completely agree with you. Um, it's all about the idea that, well, two things, that women are bearers and holders of knowledge. Yes. And that no one's getting any knowledge here unless it comes from another woman. <laughs> you know, which is, which is, which is powerful. Because yeah. I know even, um, you know, my pastor was telling me about um, an incident that her daughter had in school where um, she's in sixth grade, where she had the right answer on a math test. And then, or some math activity they were doing. And um, there was a boy who basically was like, oh no, that's not right. We have to change it. Um, and of course, like the teacher is watching, like the girl had it right the whole time, but the boy was like, oh no, that's not the answer we're going to uh-huh. give, right? So the, the teacher knows that she had the right answer, but she was like talked out of it basically by the boy, you know? Um, even though she knew she was right the whole time, but she was like, oh, okay, I guess we're just going to go with his answer sort of thing and I think that happens to girls like really you know you know she's in sixth grade math it happens to us really early that mm-hmm. because there's a male presence even when we're right we have to defer and be wrong mm-hmm. in a lot of academic situations and so I do think it's powerful the idea that women are bearers of knowledge but also I'm um, it's a, a girl or women you know I know we come in kind of as girls and we kind of leave as women I think it's kind of the way that it works yeah I'm um, but I'm um, it's a girl or woman run society because college really becomes it becomes your community right Absolutely. especially if you go to a place like a Spelman a Wellesley a Smith a Holyoke um that are bound in colleges right I think it's a little bit different for people who have gone to like places like BU or Emory or Howard where it's like yeah. a lot more of a public campus right, right. um but our campuses are pretty closed in Absolutely. right and mm-hmm. so if there's student government, that's all going to be women. If there's um, a decision that needs to be made in the dorm, it's all going to be, you know, girls and women. If it's, you know, anything that's going to happen on campus, if there's an alum decision to be made, all the alums are women, right? Like there's no male who's going to come in from on high and be like, oh no, you guys aren't doing that, right? <laughs> so it's, it, it is about the knowledge, but it's also about knowing that we have power, right? Um, and that no decision is happening here unless a girl makes it. I'm, you know, we're not maintaining the grounds of our school, but you know, even when you're moving in, girls help each other move in, right? right? Um, there's not this random senior guy who shows up all sleazy helping the girls move in. Right. (laughs) We do that with each other. We help each other. If you need a helping hand, you're going to have to look to another woman. Um, and that's, and that's, that's powerful too, to Mm -hmm. know that we have that ability. If I need to move it, well, me and my sister friend over there are going to have to move it. There's nobody else to get it done, right? Um, and that can be, I think, really powerful. And it shows us the power of girlhood and womanhood um, when we're in these spaces and yeah. we're the ones who um, do the work. We do do the work. <laughs> and that's the thing. We do the work. And, and you see women doing the legwork of so much. Like we plan, but we're not just planning it, but we also witness women executing things. Right. And I think that is so wonderful to see that because if you look at all these big companies and you look at all these big uh you know organizations and we see that there are women behind the scenes of every movement and but it's not just women behind the scenes but women at the forefront right. of an idea and 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 letting us know that we can cultivate that right that the leaders within us and I get so excited just like thinking about it every time right. I think about women's college I'm like go to a women's college right um and so I really I am such an advocate for women's colleges and HBCUs, but 
Um, but really, definitely women's colleges, because I don't think there's any experience like it. Um, and it's one thing for us to tell you, but then it's another thing for people to experience it for themselves. Right. And that's where you get women like I'm, I, you can name Spelman alums, but I'm, of course, famously Hillary Clinton, Madeleine Albright, uh, who are both Wellesley alums, mm-hmm. who clearly they don't have any kind of idea of like, because we're women and especially like Madeline Albright, like Maddie comes to back to Wellesley a lot. So we call her mm-hmm. Maddie. I'm, um, but she's like 80 something years old. Like she was really doing these things at a time when like literally like the law of the land was women shouldn't be doing some of these things. Right. Like it really was a time in which women were supposed to be at home that was really the only option and women went to Wellesley like you know it's so interesting because sometimes I would meet older men around Boston and literally this man told me a story about his grandmother who had gone or maybe a great aunt who had Mm -hmm. gone to Wellesley and she was really brilliant and then she had gone to med school at Harvard which is where her husband had also gone to med school but then she could never practice medicine Mm -hmm. and so her husband of course was a doctor she stayed at home and so of course in those days you used to be able to call your doctor at home (laughs) <laughs> so people would call it home, call the house to, you know, ask the doctor questions. But of course she had gone to med school. And so she would listen in like on a different phone. And then she would go to him and say like, this is what's going on. Cause she graduated in the top of her class from their right. med school. And, um, and then he of course would say it. And I think that goes back to what you're saying about women actually being able to execute things, not only do the work behind the scenes, yeah. but also being able to execute. But a lot of these women went to school in a time when you can get all the education you want. Right. But you can only be behind the scenes and literally behind the scenes in your own home. Right. I'm right. um, like not even behind the scenes at a company. And I think it's um, it's so amazing the strides that we've been able to make with women in the public sphere um, in the past hundred years, you know, I'm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's amazing the way that women's college empowers you to know you do not have to be silent. That's right. You can speak up. You can publicly be seen working and you can take the biggest office in the world if you want to, right? I think there's no right. reason why you, why you can't. And you can really break down these walls and barriers. Like I think about um, Marion Ray Everman, who, you know, Children's Defense Fund. And I also think about how she was the first black woman to pass the Mississippi bar. Like, and that's like amazing, like for her to break those barriers, but then also for her, to start um, the Children's Defense Fund, which is a national nonprofit, you know, that advocates for children. Um, And it's just amazing just thinking about how we can break barriers and how we can be women um, that advocate too. So it's not just us achieving and attaining certain successes, but for us to open the door for other people who may or may not look like us. And I think that's important too, um, to know from women's colleges that we know how to open doors for other people. Not that just that we can walk through it for ourselves, but that we also have this notion of, okay, now that I've reached here, how can I bring my sister with me? And so, yeah, I love that. (laughs) And so are you going to make it to your um, reunion? You know, that's on the plan. The plan is to go to Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Whatever date that is. Oh gosh. Oh, the, uh, the, the weekend of the 20th. See, look. Um, So yeah, the weekend of the 20th. Yeah. It's the plan to go. Okay. But you know, life happens. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm supposed to go to Wellesley, but um, our orientation is not until the first weekend in June, which is actually a little bit easier. Um, so, yeah, so I do plan to be there and see what's, see what's going down. Um, you want to be petty? Uh, yeah. So, actually, I do have a petty for a moment. 
So in the spirit of graduation, Pearls, if you are graduating from school, my prayer is that you have a positive attitude when you see all those professors who tried to stop you <laughs> or, um, you know, gave you that C, you know, five semesters back, you know, back when you were a sophomore and what have you, um, you know, maybe your junior year, you didn't get the grade that, you know, you thought you should have gotten, but you know, you was really working that professor to give you that grade, but they were still trying to be petty and not give it to you. But yet they want to holler and say, what's up to you at graduation? Like, it's all good. I want you to just stand tall and have a big old smile and be like, yes, I made it. So you made it. It's graduation, you know, turn your tassel and throw your cap and have a good time and enjoy your family too. And just enjoy whatever state that you're in. So um, have a good time. But, you know, when you see that professor, just be like, I see you, boo. I made it. Mm-hmm. This episode was produced by our producer, Dan Warren. Keep up with our adventures on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on our website, JustTwoPearls.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JustTwoPearls. Email us at adventures at JustTwoPearls.com. We are a production of the 224 Ecospace. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.